A warm hello to all of our listeners and welcome to the Capgemini Customer Perspective Podcast, where we're going to be keeping you up to date with all of the latest news from the customer experience world, as well as reviewing the latest trends and technology breakthroughs. I'm joined today by Matteo Costa and Stoyan Petrov. Hi both. Hey Reina. Hey everyone. My name is Stoyan. Um, I'm a senior consultant from Capgemini Invent UK, specializing in customer engagement and loyalty in retail. Um, and I'm more than happy to be on the podcast. Hi everyone. My name is Matteo Costa. I'm senior consultant within the brand experience team, and I too specialize in loyalty and customer engagement within retail. And I'm really happy to be here too. Now, it's very clear that retail is one of the most high-profile sectors affected by the ongoing pandemic. And so today, we'll be discussing the impact of the crisis on consumer behaviour, some trends emerging in the sector, and what retailers should be doing in response. Starting off by reflecting on the retail sector pre-COVID, it's clear that the industry was already facing huge disruption with changing consumer habits and expectations. And it's true to say that the crisis has really accelerated that. We've all seen pictures of empty supermarket shelves and trolleys stacked with toilet roll and baked beans. Stoyan, what changes in customer behaviour stand out for you? Mm, Yes, Raina, thank you. Um, Yeah, I think uh, it's spot on to say that a lot of the trends that we had started seeing even before the lockdown started um, have been exacerbated uh, by the measures imposed due to covid um, one of these trends uh, was the undeniable growth of e-commerce. Um, we even before before lockdown began, uh, we were seeing more and more people going online, browsing and shopping. But with, with lockdown imposed across the whole country, uh, you can online sales have grown faster um, since since that began, and this has mirrored the trend we have seen in other countries hit by COVID. Retailers, so retailers that offer online shopping have seen a steep increase in their online business. Our IMRG Capgemini e-retail sales index has recorded uh, fast growth in categories such as home and garden, electrical home equipment, health and beauty since mid-March, reaching um, uh, around or even above 60 plus percent year-on-year growth in April. On the other hand, um, as non-essential retailers have had to close their stores, those without e-commerce capabilities have actually been impacted hard. Uh, But what is is interesting is that as more and more people uh, went online to browse and shop, uh, we have started seeing uh, new types of customers joining joining the e-commerce flock. Um, And as they get more used to the convenience of e-commerce during lockdown, uh, it's it's safe to expect that a lot of them will actually continue shopping online uh, once once the lockdown ends. And this could create a a more permanent shift uh, in how people do their shopping and engage with retailers. On the other hand, when we talk about physical retail, um, you know, due to hygiene reasons, because of government advice, there has been a growing preference for, for contactless commerce. Customers have socially distanced themselves. They've minimized contact with other people. And of course, this has been reflected in their offline and in-store shopping habits in the stores that have remained open. Um, In particular, we have seen customers looking for these contact-free solutions when carrying out physical purchases. And in response, companies such as, let's say, delivery uh, companies have started offering options such as touch-free delivery. Um, In stores uh, that have remained open, contactless payments have become more and more prevalent, even in smaller independent stores. And cash in general has started being refused. And I can see that contactless commerce looks like something that's definitely here to stay for the foreseeable future. 
So looking at the rise of online retail, you touched upon some key growth areas like home and garden. And we've also seen huge surges in demand for things like home fitness equipment. Have you seen this growth across all categories? Well, it's been, I think, a, you know, kind of a very different story depending on, on the category, not a very consistent one. But one category particularly stood out uh, or has been standing out during during um, lockdown, um, and this is fashion. Um, online sales of fashion products have been decreasing year on year since the, the beginning of lockdown, suggesting that consumers actually prefer to focus their budgets on other more essential categories. And with the easing of some of the restrictions, we might see a slow resurgence of of this category of of fashion. Uh, But since no one is sure how long lockdown measures will be imposed and how severe they would be, uh, we can expect sales to fluctuate. On the other hand, as you mentioned, some other categories like home sports equipment, for example, electronics, might experience even further uplifts, especially in the short to midterm, as uh, some people come to the realization that services like hairdressing or gyms Uh, for example, will not be available for a while and they start looking for these alternatives uh, to to carry out at home and thus buy such products online. Another key trend which has defined COVID retail has been volatility surrounding grocery sales. Particularly during March and April, we saw huge surges in demand for key products like long-life food and personal care products like hand sanitizers. Do you think stockpiling is something that's likely to continue even as lockdown restrictions are being lifted? Well, there's been a big pressure on supply chain for retailers, for grocery retailers, especially in the first week of lockdown when customers stockpiled of essential products. According to Kantar, UK grocery sales grew by 20% in March. And in April, sales slowed down as customers stopped stops panic buying, but still they were 5% higher than the prior year. Um, what I think is interesting to consider is how our behavior has impacted grocery sales. For instance, we consume more meals at home, which lead to higher grocery sales. But on the other hand, we've decreased our frequency of purchase, which means that uh, um, we actually have reduced our inputs purchases, but also there's been a decrease in uh, on-the-go food, on food and drinks. So I really think that uh, how, um, how grocery sales uh, will, uh, will evolve after the lockdown really depends uh, on how confident we will feel about uh, going back to eat out and uh, visiting stores more often. We're also hearing a lot about brand purpose in this new age and the role of brands in society beyond just making profit. I recently saw a nice example of this with Morrison's They've changed their brand purpose to feeding the nation. And that really reflects the role it sees itself playing during these times. What have been some standout moments for you? Well, um, there has been a growing sense of community across the UK, especially around NHS and social workers. And this has been embraced by retailers as well, uh, with many of them linking up with a charity such as uh, um, UK Red Cross or Age Concern. Um, we also have seen many retailers offering discounts or special offers to NHS workers. For example, Misguided uh, offer them 50% discount and Pret-a-Manger offer them free drinks and coffee. Uh, but uh, there are also retailers who went uh, even further. Uh, Tesco, for example, uh, opened a store in a hospital to give... Uh, NHS worker 24-hour access to essential products. 
and we have also retailers that change their processes to produce and distribute products that uh, were in high demand. For instance, uh, IKEA and Burberry produce uh, face masks and gowns. And uh, if we also look beyond retail, we have examples of companies uh, such as uh, um, Louis Vuitton that produce hand sanitizers, or Tesla and um, I, um, Ferrari that produce ventilators. Um, we also need to consider that retailers have been admired also to, um, to offer special opening times to social workers and uh, more vulnerable customers. But uh, uh, we also see uh, consumers getting closer to the local communities too. Um, especially they started caring more about the needs of the neighbors and they also rediscovered uh, local shops where uh, often they could find products that they struggled to find in bigger stores. Absolutely, Matteo. And I think we could even say that this behavior is part of a wider trend of cocooning, where staying at home or staying local is really seen as the safest place to be. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Our conversations so far have been focused on current trends. Can you give us some of your predictions on the more longer term implications of COVID-19 for retail? Um, yeah, you know, given how turbulent times are and how quickly changing the situation is, it's really difficult to to predict what, uh, you know, would permanently change in the longer term. But we can definitely see again uh, some the disamplification of trends that we were fairly certain about even before the lockdown. As we already mentioned, um, you know, e-commerce has been a growing sales a sales channel, a growth channel for retail in general. So maybe it's a fair assumption that uh, there will be a persistent increase in e-commerce commerce and these new habits, new customer groups going online that we we see during lockdown will will continue uh, even even after the measures are, are lifted, which would lead to higher online sales relative to the pre-lockdown period. <clears throat> of, of course, we'll probably not see the same magnitude of online sales as we are seeing now, but nonetheless, it's safe to assume that uh, or to expect that it, it will be higher in the longer term. Um, another potentially more permanent permanent shift in consumer behaviors uh, could stem from the difficulty that some people had in finding essential products at the beginning of the lockdown. You remember, you mentioned Raina earlier during our conversation, the empty shelves, you know, missing products such as toilet paper, hand sanitizer. Um, and, you know, seeing, seeing this shortage might encourage some customers to start looking for solutions to make sure they never run, run out of essentials in the future. Um, and this may lead to greater levels of bulk buying or, or the proliferation of solutions for replenishment, like uh, subscriptions, for example, that we can actually see more and more retailers starting to consider. Um, another big point is that uh, if and, um, um, you know, depending on what restrictions uh, will be imposed on social contact uh, at public places, we can expect different uh, response from people. Because as, as human beings, um, you know, we, we crave human interaction and we will do so even more uh, after the long lockdown. But also we expect people to be quite cautious at the same time. Social anxiety, a new germophobia, if you will, where, where people would potentially limit how much they expose them, themselves to public places, to interaction with other people outside of their household. And this poses quite an interesting challenge to retail businesses uh, as they will need to adapt and answer uh, questions about what should the new purpose, the reinvented purpose of the physical store, physical space should be um, under such conditions. Yes, and have we seen before 
Um, in this week, there has also been a growing sense of community, especially around uh, NHS and also ar about around the needs of the local communities. It is therefore possible that uh, in future consumers may prefer to purchase from local stores and local producers rather than big brands. Um, at the same time, we can expect uh, consumers to reward retailers that uh, um, get involved or give them the opportunity to be involved into something bigger, such as uh, um, sustainability, for example. And how do you see these changes in consumer behaviours impacting the shopping experience? Well, first of all, I think the, the lockdown demonstrated that uh, e-commerce is not a nice to have anymore. It is actually an essential channel that retailers will need to consider and they will need to make sure that um, the digital experiences are as seamless as possible. In doing this, they will need to consider the needs of their customers, including the customers that have purchased online for the first time during the lockdown. And um, as more customers um, purchase online, retailers also have the opportunity to use technology to replicate uh, some, uh, uh, some in-store experiences online as well. For instance, fashion retailers can give customers the opportunity to create a digital version of themselves where they can replicate their physical appearance, including body shapes. And consumers then can use these, uh, these digital avatars to see how clothes would fit on them. And, but, but I also think that the, this goes the other way, right? Um, as much as uh, retail, retailers would try and replicate in-store experiences online, in a reality where customers are actually more comfortable transacting online, they need to start thinking how to replicate online experiences in-store. And this could be done through data, through automation, through technology like uh, self-checkouts, um, also through providing readily available product information and recommendations through the store staff or digital devices powered by analytical engines um, at the back end. And this um, kind of re rethinking of the, the store and physical physical experiences um, is, is, a, is, a, is a, the trend that we mentioned previously that retailers would definitely have to address um, in terms of in terms of the shopping experience that they provide to their customers, technologies like uh, touchless technologies like uh, voice assist assistance, facial recognition, uh, or applications, augmented reality, virtual reality, touchless payments, and so on, uh, can help minimize this physical contact that many consumers might be anxious about in retail spaces and uh, align uh, retail businesses uh, with, with their anxieties, the consumer anxieties, but also with, with uh, anxieties that we might see in their employees and staff. Um, so it, it, is, it is these technologies that might be you know, uh, altering uh, um, or getting the physical shopping experience actually closer to the online one. Yeah, we also need to consider that uh, consumers develop new anxieties during the lockdown. This is something retailers we need to consider, especially when uh, long when customers may be discouraged by long queues that form out of stores um, as a result of uh, safety measures put in place. Um, to, to, to solve this issue, retailers can actually introduce some innovations. For example, they can offer digital queuing which is something that some companies, like for example, Aldi in the UK, have already started testing. 
Another solution would be to give customers the opportunity to book specific time slots in which they can visit the stores. This is something not too dissimilar to what we're used today when we receive products at home. However, it requires very different capabilities and different processes retailers will need to think about. And finally, we also need to consider that today consumer uh, product companies can easily reach the final consumers through uh, D2C channels. Um, considering this, uh, retailers will need to, to make sure uh, not to lose customer to consumer product company by making sure they have uh, um, always access to essential products. This can be done through subscriptions, but also could be done uh, through personalized recommendation based on uh, customer prior shopping experience uh, history. Um, and uh, these solutions also would uh, allow retailers to, to have uh, some stable predictor revenue streams that will help them to go through period disruptions like the one we've seen in these months. And as we consider these new ways to engage with customers, such as subscription services, what will brands need to do to make sure that they're fully understanding consumer needs? So, for example, you touched upon this already, but what will be the role of data and omni-channel strategies? Well, we already talked about touchless shopping experiences, uh, specifically when it comes to physical spaces, right? Um, but touchless retail or engaging customers via new emerging channels and different means goes beyond physical retail. Um, in China, which was kind of ahead of the curve when it comes to um, lockdown measures, um, brands have embraced uh, means like live streaming to engage with uh, their consumers interactively um, in the beginning, but as well as throughout the whole purchase journey from activation through purchase into post-sale service and contactless practices and engagement uh, through through emerging channels actually hold quite a lot of potential to, to change, to alter the very core of retail customer engagement. Um, but engaging through new channels, uh, through new untested, exciting channels, uh, uh, put, puts new customer demands and expectations on uh, consistency of communication, service and product availability to ensure that, you know, in, in, in uh, uh, these uncertain times and what's to follow, customers can fulfill their needs and wants. So retailers now more than ever uh, will require a 360 degree view of their customers across channels through easy access to high quality data. Um, they will need to build a, a single view of the customer and uh, you know, of the individual customer and use it to shape and continuously evolve uh, the customer experience that they provide across channels, across different parts of their organization. And this is not a new trend necessarily, but, but definitely one that was given significant momentum during COVID lockdown and, and one that we can definitely expect to, to see accelerating uh, even once the lockdown measures are lifted. And how do you see consumer loyalty being impacted? Retailers have the opportunity to drive loyalty as an outcome by leveraging consumer interest for community and bigger causes such as sustainability. Um, to do this, uh, retailers need to re-understand what is important for their customers and uh, contribute to the cause that matter the most. But they can also go further. They can also consider to, to give customers the opportunity to, to, to be actively involved into this. Uh, for example, by helping them to connect with their communities or helping them to live in a more sustainable way.
And lastly, what are your suggestions for how organisations can prepare for recovery starting today? Um, I think that retailers need to start thinking now uh, and investing in the right capabilities to actually um, help them cope and even gain a competitive advantage in the aftermath um, once the lockdown measures are lifted. Um, they will need to build a clear vision, uh, a roadmap of sorts on how to develop these, these right capabilities with the appropriate uh, iterative approach, uh, looking at the developing of the capabilities um, through, through um, um, you know, a modular way of putting the right place, uh, sorry, the right things in place in order to unlock business value and uh, improve the organization and customer experience continuously. Um, and to be successful in what promises, uh, you know, what promises to be turbulent times ahead, um, retailers will have, will have to quickly adapt their their business uh, businesses and operating models with the right levels of reskilling, retraining employees to re leverage these new capabilities, and adjust to a new reality of um, you know um, variables like lower store footfalls. Uh, customers demand uh, customers demanding more meaningful but also more efficient engagements with, with retail businesses and as well as uh, uh, things like head office staff working remotely um, and so on and to remain remain versatile responsive um, uh, and agile in such conditions many retailers might want to uh, start identifying uh, potential beneficial partnerships with with other with third party companies um, to gain capabilities that they might not be able to build in house or might not be able to build fast enough to respond to a certain trend or or, or to a, you know the, the dynamic environment that surrounds them. Um, so they need to be start you know start looking for for specialists in areas where uplift is needed. Uh, we already mentioned you know the need to actually quickly quickly respond to the e-commerce growth, but also to to things like uh, supply chain delivery and fulfillment. In retail, we also need to develop an intestinal culture. This would allow them to 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 fail to fail fast and fail forward and uh, therefore innovate quicker so they can actually then navigate uh, turbulent times like the one we're experiencing now. And finally, retailers, we also need to invest in data analytics. Um, and um, this will be fundamental to better understand their customers and understand how they can, um, how the behavior may, may change uh, when specific uh, events occur, but also and probably also more important, will give them the opportunity to understand the, the impact or forecast the impact of a similar global phenomena will have on, on their business and therefore um, get ready instead of react passively to change. So some real opportunities then across the entire retail ecosystem. Well, that's us coming to the end of our time with Matteo and Stoyan. Thank you both for joining us today and for sharing your insight. A quick reminder that you can subscribe to the Cap Gemini customer podcast using your favorite podcasting app, for example, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And please do join us for our next episode, where we'll be joined by some special guests as we take a deep dive into the opportunities for customer transformation. Until then, stay safe.